Thank you everyone for your amazing feedback. I wanna share a couple more Ha'aras and I hope this will really enhance your Seder. Um, this is going through um, the Atma Magid Seder by Rapesoth Krohn, a couple of seven varts from him that I really, really enjoyed. The last one is an awesome story that you might have heard, but it's always worth thinking about because it really has so many lessons, not per se about Pesach, but just in general about life. Um, and it's a phenomenal Haggadah. It has some very, very classic stories. I can't go through all of them, and I can't tell it over in the amazing way that um, that uh, Rapesoth Krohn does, but take a look on page 253. It's one of my favorite stories about Rameir Chadash. I'm not going to be mentioning it here just because it's too lengthy, but it's an amazing story about inspiration. All right, so um, there's a concept of Bechol Esu. This is part number one. There's a concept that Bechol Esu Begadecha Levanim. We want to have our clothing clean, and when we feel that our clothing is clean, it, it really inspires us. So there, this, this concept we find by a lot of things. You know, when Yantif, we come with clean Begadim, same uh, same thing we have by Rosh Hashanah, where there's an Indian to get a haircut beforehand and to come with clean clothing. And um, obviously when we come to Pesach, it's a it's a clean slate and a time to really start our Avodah Hashem for, for the coming year of Nisan and forward. So um, Rabbi Pesach Kron brings in a story from Rabbi Yaman Finkel, who was the son of Rabbi Aryeh and Esther Gittel Finkel. And after his mother would clean the house for Pesach, obviously the children saw her mysterious nefesh and she really had their attention. And what would she say to them? She would say, my she would call them together and say, the walls are clean, the house is clean, everything is clean. Now, let's make sure that these walls are not exposed to any Lashon Hara. That was, a, that was, that was, she took that opportunity to show everyone that we have a clean slate and let's, let, let, let's use that for inspiration. And that's a phenomenal story. Vart number two. We know that we sing, you know, Kadesh, Orchatz, the Simanim. There's 15 Simanim, according to most counts. And if you look through it, you'll see. And they correspond to the 15 Shir Hamalos that David Melch sang in Tehillim, which corresponds to the 15 steps that uh, led up to the Azara. In Berchas Konim, also it's brought down on this farm that we say 15 words, Recha, Shem, Recha, etc., etc. So the, that's where all the bracha is. In Yishtabach, there's 15 praises of Hashem, if you look in there. And the Maral says all this, shows us that this is the way that we get close to Hashem. And the 15 Simanim is exactly what we're trying to do. There's many, many vertlach about why we even call them Simanim, and I actually saw a shot, which is not brought down here, from um, the Nova Minsker, who has also a very beautiful agata, um, that he says that it's a simon for how the whole world operates, that this is exactly how we're supposed to stand in front of Hashem and recognize that every year to remind ourselves that the Rebbe Shalom runs the world and everything that happens in life, this is the way that we're supposed to recognize that the Rebbe Shalom is running the world. Anyway, back to the Rebbe Shalom's vart. So he brings down from Maral that Ish and Isha, right? So the Gemara is famous that it says that they have Ish in them. They both have an Aleph and a Shin, but there's something unique about each one. Ish has a Yud and Isha has a He, and that's Hashem's name. And that's Zacha, the Shechina, is Shuri Benayim. That's Chazal say. So the whole shot of the 15 Simanim and the Yud and the He is to bring down Shem Hashem and to recognize that the Rebbe Hashem runs the world and Hashem is part of part and parcel of our life. And that's a big part of the Pesach Seder. Avart number three is Roshon Kluger develops this very well. And he brings from the Rabbin Menoach that um, why is it that right after Kiddush, the first thing we do is karpas, the first thing we eat is is this potato or celery. Why is that? So he says, and we talked about this before and, and, and from other Agadahs as well, Rabbin Menoach says that it's Rami's to the um, Kisonas Pasim, and it's answering the question as to why we're in Gullus. Meaning, 
that it's true that we're supposed to talk about why are we doing what are we doing, and it's because of But instead of focusing on that Hashem took us out, let's also understand, just like we have we go back to the story, We also let's understand why we're here. And the Karpas is to recognize that we're in Gullus because of what we did to our brother, so as possible, because of the Sinaschinam that was there. That's Lashon Hara that Moshe was saying. That he, that he that he understood the yes Hashem why are they in Gullus and he saw oh now I understand there's lush and hara between them we spoke about this before part number four from Rafutner uh, famous story um, I say this I try to say this over at my seder every once in a while because it's such a big episode in life that uh, there were a bunch of um, Talmidim of Rafutner who were at his seder table and somebody accidentally spilled a glass of wine and it f- spilled all over the Rebbe's kittel so there was just a, a gasp of horror and Rafutner smiled and said a kittel without w- wine stains is like a Yom Kippur Machser without tears. Such a brilliant line and such a good way to make everybody feel comfortable. Um, th- one of the stories that Rapesach Kromer is on, part number five, is about Rav, um, Rabbi Trank, because that's all. Um, and one of the most amazing stories that I really found very powerful about him as well is that one of his Talmidim and his yeshiva, for whatever reason, went off to go watch a movie on Jabez. And the movie theater was an hour away. And Ray Trank heard about this, and he immediately <clears throat> walked to the movie theater. And he got there, and he sat down next to the bucher. And this guy was extremely embarrassed and said, Rebbe, how did you get here? And so he said, I walked. He said, why? He said, because I needed to tell you that the popcorn is trafe, and you shouldn't eat the popcorn. And this bucher was totally shocked. Obviously, you understand, how did he get there, and what was he doing there on Shabbos, etc., etc. And he said, Ray Trank started to get up. He said, that's all. That's the only reason I came. He was, he was going to go walk back now. So he said, Rebbe, I'm coming with you. He didn't give him Musr for what he did wrong, because obviously this guy had made a bad calculation. But he was able to f- meet him on his level. And I don't know how that ties in exactly to the to the Haggadah, in the sense that like he's trying to tie it into the Chacham, that you have to be smart in how you talk to each person. And I don't know how that ties into Hakei Ashinov either. If, if many, there's many, many Bufarshim that explain that differently, uh, you know, how to get the Russia back. But all I do know <clears throat> is that when you approach people with love and compassion, it goes a long way. Two more Verlach. Number six, um, there's a famous Bear Hete that he quotes, down, quotes in Tafai and Zion that basically he brings down that people kiss, it's from the Shla, people kiss their matzah because they show that they're, they love the mitzvah. They, they kiss the mar, it's also a mitzvah. Um, they kiss the dalabinim and sukkah, all these things, it's an expression of love. And he brought down, uh, Ray Krohn brings down from Rav Label Rutta, who's a Talmud of, um, of Rav Huttner, a Gewaldic Vart, that he said, what's the Indian that people kiss the mar? I understand the matzah, I understand the dalamidim and the sukkah, but the mar, he said, that's Kabbalah's Yisur and Ba'ava, to recognize that the Rebbe Shalom knows what he's doing. And the last thing is a famous story from Rabbi Yisrael Salant that Rishon Shadron made famous, and but it's an amazing thing. It happened in the early 1900s in Yerushalayim, Ursula lived in 1838 through 1909, and he was a rub there for about 30 years, in the last 30 years of his life. And he was a brilliant Talmud Chacham, but l- listen to this story. So the Seder table was set, and the new Hassan was at this ta- table, including his new strimal. The Seder began with the Manishtana, and everything was rolling until suddenly they looked down, and the new Hassan was looking, looked at a soup um, during Shulchan Aruch, and he saw there was a wheat kernel in there. Oh boy, he was shocked. Oh my goodness. How could this be? This is Mamash Chametz on, on Pesach. This is what I was served. He was very, very upset. Um, so anyway, one thing led to another and it escalated and the Seder was interrupted and the Chassan ran to Rosh Salant. And Rosh Salant 
um, basically looked at him and heard the story. And Shmuel Salant asked him, bring me your strimal. So he took his strimal of the nucleusin and he started shaking it. And to everybody's shock, all these kernels fell out. And Shmuel Salant said, it's exactly what I thought. Last shot was that your offer of all the kids through the wheat kernels could mimic your slime. And this is exactly what it was. And so from the famous story, um, this is what it is. That before you start insulting other people's lack of religious religious observance, first check your own strival. And there's a certain brilliance of understanding what happened there. There's a certain brilliance of of smoothing everything out. And it's just an amazing story about Dalmakov's that, again, has nothing per se to do with uh, Pesach, but it's a brilliant story that is amazing. And often it's true how sometimes we love to point out what other people are doing wrong and how it's other people's faults, but often it's our own strimal that we need to look at. We should be zochet to a chag kashr v'samech.